This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. Welcome back to another episode of We Art Tacoma. I'm your host, Eric Hanberg. I'm producer Doug. Today we're sitting down with uh, Kareem Candy. He might hold the record for most words per minute on this podcast. <laughs> it's a little shorter this one than, the, than most of them, actually. But we cover a lot of ground. We do. Uh, I think that's the only way he can do as much as he does. Uh, he's uh, definitely one of the hardest working musicians in Tacoma, and let's give it a listen. All right. Uh, I am excited to welcome Kareem Candy to the We Art Tacoma podcast. Thanks for coming to the studio. Hello. Thanks for having me. So I want to talk about your many, many music uh, projects that you have, um, which are really interesting, nonprofit, teaching, performing. You are a jack of all trades, it seems like, in, in the music world. But I want to start with, like, how did you get into this? Uh, where did you catch the music bug? Sure. Um, well, uh, music was always around in the house. My father uh, emigrated to the United States in the 1960s, and he had tons of Middle Eastern, Armenian, Persian music. He's, he's Iraqi. I'm half Iraqi. Uh, and my mom was from the Midwest, so she knew all these outlandish show tunes like Putting on the Ritz. We didn't listen to a lot of like popular music, but they were always playing music or singing stuff around the house. Um, and then uh, actual formal education came in fifth grade band at Washington Hoyt Elementary at the time, which is now just Washington. Sure. And uh, started in band there in the fifth grade, uh, and then I. What did you play? I, saxophone. Started on saxophone, and I should back up and say in the house we had piano, so I played piano, but no, no lessons, just tinkered around. You know? Sure. Uh, then uh, band lessons, and then I joined. Uh, in fifth grade, they had a group from Mason Middle School come and do like a jazz band performance. Uh, Doug Sorensen was the the director at the time, so I was part of the Doug Sorensen dynasty. He was there forever teaching, uh, and so then I joined. Uh, I went to Mason Middle School and then joined uh, the regular band there and the jazz band and started playing there. And then I started taking private lessons um, in the seventh grade for both classical and jazz with a great instructor in Tacoma by the name of Tracy Canope. Uh, and then from there, after Mason Middle School, I went to Stadium High School. Um, was playing in the jazz band there and, of course, taking private lessons. And there was a really great jazz club in the to- at that time in Tacoma by the na- um, name of Red Kelly's. So I used to go down there. Where and, was that? Uh, uh, right across the street from the Tacoma Main Library, 1101 oh, okay. Tacoma Avenue. Yeah. Okay. And Red Kelly was a bassist with uh, the Woody Herman band, as well as Red Norvo's trio and Frank Sinatra. So he knew a bunch of world-class artists that would come to Tacoma. So as a saxophonist... Is this the 90s that we're talking this about? This is, yeah, okay. early 90s. Yeah. As a saxophonist, it was a really great uh, time for me because I had my instructor, Tracy Knope, as well as Bill Ramsey, who had been with the Count Basie Orchestra and knew tons of famous artists and would bring them to town, Red Kelly. And then they would also bring up Pete Chrisley, who was a great saxophonist with the Tonight Show Band and Johnny Carson. And, and his father was a really good friend with uh, Stravinsky and also played oboe 
in the Walt Disney orchestras for all those movies and things like that. So just tons of great saxophone, like old school saxophone, wow. bebop, 1950s. And then at the tail end of the 90s, um, Ollie Jackson lived in Gig Harbor. He was married to a woman from Gig Harbor. And uh, he's the drummer with Wynton Marsalis and recently stepped down from the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra. And so his teachers were Max Rose and Philly Joe Jones, world-class, you know, name artists. So I had um, access to really great musical minds of, like, the old-school style of jazz, you know, bebop and that right. kind of stuff. But then also very modern because Ollie was playing with Wynton Marsalis, Joshua Redman, Dee Dee Bridgewater, James Carter, Kenny Garrett. So a lot of this kind of modern conception, too. So to be able to play with him and have access to, well, what are you working on with these guys was very helpful for me. So, and then in the late 90s, I also started teaching because I was around all these great musicians. So I could see, oh, I could perform and teach and make a living doing this. So then from there, that was kind of like the initial start, excuse me. And then uh, I started doing running start at TCC, which allowed me to spend more time practicing as long as doing, as well as doing my academics. And then from there, I got a full scholarship to Olympic College in Bremerton. And then from there to... Music um, scholarship? Music scholarship, yeah. Um, And then also... um, after that, Cornish College of the Arts in Seattle. So I was around a, r- a lot of really great um, instructors and teachers up there as well. So that kind of, that was how everything got started with teaching and performing. And, and all during that time, like from middle school on, I was performing in clubs. We used to play a, a weekly session at uh, Shakabra Java way back in the day. Um, we also did a session where it's now the Bostwick Cafe. It used to be a club called Grounds for Coffee. Oh, we used yeah. to play there. I used to go there in high school. Yeah. So we used to play there all the time um, on Fridays and Saturdays for their jam session and just putting together um concerts wherever we could you know kind of like today <laughs> so right yeah yeah so that's that's started really far back like farther back than i would have expected i mean your life has been music in in many ways very much so yeah what keeps you with it because that's a lot of a lot of time a lot of dedication yeah well um i think Surely the love of music. Uh, I'm, I'm very lucky and have been fortunate enough to play lots of different styles of music and, and uh, been able to travel the world with lots of different musicians playing different styles. But um, particularly for me, jazz um, has been a big part of that. And I think the allure of that is uh, the spontaneous improvisation, making stuff up in real time with other musicians. And it, that, that element never gets old. Um, I've played in rock bands and pop, <clears throat> excuse me, pop bands and things of that nature where, you know, you play the same thing the same way every night, and that gets kind of tedious and can, can um, you know, get get old after a while and hmm. get the, you lose the fun, at least for me. So I think the thing about it with jazz is that it's always something new. Even if you're playing old, old music from George Gershwin or Cole Porter or, you know, even Stevie Wonder, there's, there's always a different spin on it depending on who you're playing with and how you play those things. Yeah. What's Tacoma's jazz scene like? I think it's very good. I think it's very healthy. Clubs um, seem to come and go, but I think there's a lot of great musicians and a lot of great programs, um, a lot of great up-and-coming students. Um, I think it's very, very healthy in a lot of ways. I don't think it's on the same level as a place like, of course, New York City or even like Seattle for that matter, but it seems like most places around the world right now, um, uh, live music in general seems to be suffering a little bit, but I think there's a lot of people that are very much um, uh, passionate about it and supportive, and there will always be ways for the music scene to thrive, and I think Tacoma has a healthy jazz scene. It's just very much it always seems to me to have been a very much underground thing. So, for example, you know, I have an email list of about a thousand people, and I do all the social media stuff and put information on uh, the radio and newspapers. And uh, I've been doing this for twenty some years. 
And people will still come up to me at shows and say, I had no idea something like this was going on. You know, yeah. no matter how much uh, traction and things I put out there, it still seems to be an underground thing. But that being said, there also does seem to be a lot of people that come out and support and help um, facilitate those things as well. Yeah. Where do you play in town? Uh, currently, we have a, a, a monthly performance series that we do uh, at the Swiss with my nonprofit, the Cream Candy World Orchestra. So we always do one Sunday a month, which is it's a free all-ages show from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And we always feature a different guest artist from around the Pacific, uh, Pacific Northwest or even internationally or, you know, national headliners as well. Right. Right. Wow. I uh, had Kim Archer on the, the show a couple weeks ago, and I made a joke about her being – the hardest working musician in Tacoma, but I think all musicians in Tacoma are probably the hardest working musicians in Tacoma <laughs> because it seems like it it takes quite a lot to piece it together. Yes. Um, you said what well, before we started recording that you know you you teach a lot and you mm-hmm. just said that you know that, that between performing and teaching you can make it work as a professional musician. Yes. Forty some odd lessons a week is that right? Yeah, I teach forty lessons a week year round. So that's saxophone, flute, clarinet, and piano Monday through Friday. Um, and then I also teach the jazz program at the Tacoma School of the Arts, where I've been teaching there as an artist in residence since 2002. So I teach all of their jazz combos and then their their big bands. Um, then I also run uh, the nonprofit here in town, uh, the Cream Candy World Orchestra. So I do all of the executive uh, director uh, uh, work that goes along with that. So booking, promoting, advertising, fundraising, uh, and then also, uh, you know, playing the concerts, teaching the classes, you know, working with the students, getting the music prepared. And then also along with that, I also have my regular band, the Cream Candy Band. So we perform three to five nights a week all over the Northwest. Oh my goodness. And then also sideman work with other groups as well. So. And I, I don't even, I mean, I mean, I don't know how to appropriately express my just like, that's a, just so much. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that what it takes to be a musician in Tacoma? Well, I think that's what it takes to be a musician anywhere. I have friends all over the world that play as professional musicians, and I don't think there's a magic bullet one direction that works. You just sure. have to find a way um, to use your skill set to earn a living for yourself. So that could be teaching, that could be performing, that could be management, that could be producing, it could be recording. I mean, there's so many different avenues. Um, I have a brand new student that I just took on that he makes a living completely building music for Spotify and making a living doing that. So wow. I mean, there's there's lots of ways to to do it. I don't know how to do that. I'd like to, but, uh, but, you know, jazz in particular, straight ahead jazz is like 1% of the music industry. So that seems to be more of a tough sell than like a cover band. Um, but I will say that to be a proficient jazz musician, um, uh, this is totally my opinion, but you have to be able to read well, have good technical command of your instrument, and be able to improvise. And I think if you can do those skills well, not only can you play jazz well, but if you have um, an open mind and and you're creative and uh, you're not a jerk, then you can uh, use That's, those that skills. Goes, that to, goes a long way. Yeah, usually. you can use those skills to thrive in any musical setting, be it a, a classical setting. I could play a classical gig, no problem, or blues, or rock, or funk, or you know, world music, or and I, and I have. So yeah, wow. What would you tell someone who is a student of yours or just, you know, a listener who wants to play more, wants to break into jazz, uh, wants to break into local performing? Where should they where should they start? Sure. I think uh, first and foremost, it, it's in, in 2019, it has to be a balance. You not only have to be an artist, but you have to be able to market and sell your art 
Um, and as much as I, I hate to say it, that's that's just the, the, I, the reality. I, of it. I, I self-publish novels, and it wouldn't work if I didn't also market them at the same time. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're constantly working on yourself as your own compositions, uh, your playing, your soloing. If we're talking about jazz here, this is sure. Um, and then you're also working on cultivating an audience that wants to come out and hear what you have to play. So you know, your email list, your social media presence, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I hate all of that stuff. If I was not a musician, I would have nothing to do with any of it wow. but in in 2019 it's it's a necessity if you are a musician going out to play and countless times people want to know not so much how what's the quality of the music but what's your social media following you know and that's not true across the board but sure. it does happen a lot so and that certainly helps so you not only want to you know make sure that your product is up to your standards and, and hopefully your peer standards and people that follow you but also um your 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 marketing, your business model, how you sell your product. You want to be constantly working on that too. And um, I had a, a good friend of mine, we were talking about this once, and really for younger artists, what you have on your side – um, or all of us. I'm 41. I still consider myself fairly young, but um, what I'm you 39. <laughs> I, I want you to still be young. That works yeah. for me. So, but you have time on your side. So as long as you're working and you're you're growing and you're like I said, you're not being a jerk. You're being a nice all-around nice person and trying to treat people fairly and well, making things a win-win situation, and you're constantly growing your product and your following, then just it's a sheer numbers thing. If you have an email list of 500 people, you can assume that maybe like 10% will come out to a show. If you have an email list of 3,000 people, well, 10% will come out to it. It's a, it's a numbers thing. So you're basically growing your your contacts, your professional contacts, your, your fan base, all of that, and it's just a, a numbers thing over time. Wow. And for you, it's been since college in the early 2000s? And, yeah, since and middle school. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The snowball's been been rolling down the hill. Yeah, I had a, a paper out back in the day before I started teaching lessons, and I used to put um, inserts for shows that <laughs> used to play at Red Kelly's in the newspapers. And then That's after, awesome. Yeah, and after I stopped the, the paper out, um, I would go, I would make flyers still and go door-to-door um, and put them in mailboxes until the buddy of mine who's a, a postman is like, you can't do that. That's right. illegal. So yeah, I had yeah, to stop yeah. that. But, um, you know, the internet came in when I was uh, a senior in high school. So we didn't have the internet. We didn't have all that stuff. And now I do sound old. But um, so we, we've been doing marketing for, you know, back in the day it was it was mailing lists because I've, I've, you know, I've produced festivals and booked clubs and things. And so um, originally people would have mailing lists and do postage and all that kind of stuff. And then when the internet came in, then, of course, we switched over to that. And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to hear more about the World Orchestra. Sure. This episode of the We Art Tacoma podcast was generously supported by the Tacoma Arts Commission. What is that, you ask? The Arts Commission is a volunteer group of citizens appointed by City Council who support the development of our community through public art, arts programming, and funding of arts organizations, artists, and, apparently, podcasts about the arts. This year, through the Arts Projects Fund, the Arts Commission funded 32 Tacoma organizations in the fields of dance, craft, film, music, visual, literary, and cultural arts. My thanks to the Tacoma Arts Commission for funding this podcast and the many awesome programs, artists, and organizations around the city. 
And we're back. Thank you to our sponsor for supporting the podcast. And uh, thank you to our members. Uh, Channel 253 membership is $4 a month or $40 a year. And you get uh, an email that comes out from Channel 253. You get to uh, send us your thoughts and uh, more benefits as we can come up with them. So uh, if you're interested in that, channel253.com slash membership. Okay, back to Kareem Candy. So one of the things that you mentioned a couple times in there is is that uh, there's a nonprofit uh, that it sounds like you founded and you're the executive director of. What is that organization? So um, we do several different things. Uh, First and foremost, the majority of the events that we present throughout the year, the concerts, are free and open to the public. So people just come and attend. Um, There's, of course, suggested donation, but if people can't do that, that's fine. We still find ways to make it work so everyone is welcome. so we have a concert series that we do throughout the year. We do um, a couple different uh, concerts now. We do one a month at uh, the Swiss in Tacoma and then also one a month at the Blue Note Lounge, which is in Lakewood, which is a great club out there. And we'll bring in different um, guest artists, well-known artists, jazz artists from around the Northwest and beyond. And uh, so we'll do the first set with a featured guest artist. And the second set, we have students that are enrolled in our classes. They get to come and perform with a guest artist as well, which is uh, it's a unique opportunity because a lot of times, as I was mentioning earlier, you know, students might go see a a ticketed event with some of these artists, but not be able to, you know, go up and ask them questions. How are you doing this? You know, so it's kind of like almost a mentorship thing as well. So that's the concert side of things. And then along with that, throughout the year, we'll also do like master classes and workshops um, where people can just come and learn from these musicians and techniques and how to kind of stuff. Um, then we also do weekly classes, uh, which are open to all ages and abilities. When I say all ages, I mean like middle school and up, you know. Um, adults? Pe- uh, adults, of course. Yeah, adults. All the way to people. We've got folks that are, I think, now at least in their 60s. Wow. But, I mean, other, other you know, elderly uh, uh, people of all ages are welcome to yes. participate. Uh, so and so that's every single week. And then um, so there is tuition for that. Uh, right now the tuition starting in September, it's $100 a month, which covers a one-hour rehearsal once a week, plus all of the music, um, uh, plus the uh, rehearsal with a professional musician, and then opportunities to perform every single month in front of a live audience with professional musicians. So we also have scholarships available. So if people want to participate but can't afford the tuition, we can just give them a scholarship and make it accessible to everybody. So um, so that uh, multiple times a month, those students get to perform with the professional artists in, in clubs, which is great. And then we do international exchanges where we will go to other countries to teach, perform, and play, and then bring artists and students from those countries here to teach, perform, and play. So we just did one with Japan this year. Uh, we were in Kitakyushu for about a week in March, we did, and the band was made up of all American musicians and Japanese musicians. And we couldn't speak the same language, but the beauty of jazz is um, as soon as we started playing, we knew exactly what was going on. Right. And not only that, um, you know, it's not like a cover band where you're playing the same thing, you know, but we were making up music in real time. So we were conversing with people from other nationalities and languages with notes and rhythms, which was very, very cool. And, and so we did that in Japan for a week, and then we had artists come here where they would perform and then also study and take classes while yeah. they were here. I, th- so. I think I've heard somewhere that jazz is one of those few words that's the same word in every language or yeah, something like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So um, so we facilitate that. So coming up in the fall, we're doing a thing with France where we'll be there um, performing and teaching for about a week. And then we'll be um, inviting some of their artists to come here to do the same. And then next year we're working on uh, Okinawa, uh, Fukuoka, and then uh, Thailand as well. That's a 
pretty cool list of countries and places that, that you've done. If someone were interested in participating with that, how would they do that? Sure. Well, um, you could go to our website, which is www.kkworldorchestra.org. And on there, it has contact information. But really, the contact information is just my personal phone number okay. and email. So, um, But there's, there's lots of different ways to become involved and participate in the classes, in the concerts, um, in the fundraisers that we do, um, and the international exchanges as well. Yeah. Do you go on all of those trips? Uh, yes, yes. As the face of the organization and a representative and the person who does a lot of the teaching and performing, definitely, definitely to make sure things run smoothly. That's a, yeah. a nice perk of the job, I would guess, although oh, yeah. I'm sure it's also quite draining. Yes, I think, uh, you know, I was looking forward to being in Japan. We were there for about a week and a half, um, both Tokyo and Kitakyushu, and I was looking forward to being gone because (laughs) we've got uh, two young kids at home and I get very little sleep, but I actually slept less on the trip. I got about average three hours a night because there was, you know, uh, uh, travel, travel things to take care of and make sure all our uh, T's were crossed and I's were dotted and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of responsibility for sure. Wow. So Wow. Uh, one of the things that I like to ask, uh, guests on the podcast is who in the arts are, do you really admire in Tacoma who's doing really good work or who just, you want to give a shout out to because you appreciate their hard work for the arts. It it could be artistically. It could be just that they're a good organization, a person. Do you see how I'm kind of giving you some stalling a little bit here so you can think? No, definitely. I think, um, for sure, uh, Amy McBride, uh, she's a huge supporter of the arts. If Uh, I had a tally, she'd be pretty high on the list of people who've been there. Well, I served on the Arts Commission for about three years, and so working with her in that capacity. And I'd worked with her prior to that, you know, years years ago um, producing, uh, what is it? Um, There's a big festival between the Arts Commission, Metro Parks, and Tacoma School of the Arts, uh, Showcase Tacoma. So that's why I first met Amy. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so I did all the music of that every single year that they had it. And that's why I first met Amy and started working with her, and, and she's tremendous. I'd also say um, Phaedra Redifer with Metro Parks um, does a lot of stuff behind the scenes, working with the parks in the city of Tacoma to put on very cool things. And then working with her, you know, personally, that's how I've gained that uh, respect for her and her work ethic and professionalism. Uh, Paul Elliott from Tacoma School of the Arts. Uh, I work with him all the time and I have for the last 20 years, you know, and his not only dedication to music, but dedication to the arts and uh, the music scene in Tacoma um, in all levels is uh, very impressive. Um, I'd also say John Kettler, you know, for founding the Tacoma School of the Arts. Sure. And I, I tell people And all this, of those specialty schools, e- yeah. Definitely. And I remember him, you know, when I was attending Stadium. You know, I graduated in 1997, and he taught um, uh, pottery at the time. And his class was the most popular art class. Everybody wanted it. I could never take it because my electives were always music. Sure. But um, just to see, know, knowing where where he was and how revered he was at that time versus what he's done now and how he supports the community in so many different ways um, is is tremendous. So I could go on and on and on, but I mean, those are some of the main ones. Absolutely. Um, when, uh, if someone's listening right now and they're like, I want to hear Cream Candy play, when, when do you have coming up, uh, over the next few weeks? Sure. Um, the next concert that we're doing in Tacoma with, um, a guest artist is August 25th at the Swiss with, uh, saxophonist Tracy Canope. Um, we also have a couple shows, uh, um, really great shows because we're featuring national headliners. Um, so there's one on September 8th, I believe. Let me double check here and make sure that this is... Well, I also happen to know that you'll be playing, uh, September 7th on 
Broadway for the KNKX grand opening. That right? is just, true. Just to throw that one out there. That's, I know we'll see you for that. Yes, we'll be doing that. And then that, that evening we'll be performing for the Stadium Art and Wine Walk in the Stadium District. Wow, um, busy day. Yeah, then the 8th we'll be featuring a, a national headliner, a Morty Ferber, a great guitar player from Israel. Um, and he'll be doing a free show with us at McMinimins. And then um, also that week as well, it's a good week for national headliners. We're doing um, – uh, having a concert at the Tacoma School of the Arts Theater featuring George Colgan, um, who's a very world-renowned pianist who now lives in Portland, but he's originally from the East Coast, and he has a band with uh, Buster Williams and Lenny White, who are two like jazz icons. Um, so he's he's a tremendous musician, and uh, all of these concerts that we're presenting are free. So usually you'd pay a pretty hefty ticket price to see artists of this caliber, but that's part of our organization's mission is to make these free and accessible to everybody. That's so. great. And again, if people want to learn more, it's kkworldorchestra.org. That's correct. And yeah. anywhere else where people can find you that you would recommend? Uh, in terms of clubs or on the internet? I was going to say the internet this <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, there's uh, my, my regular band webpage is just kareemcandy.com. Um, so, uh, again, the contact information is the same on that one. But in any way, shape, or form, if people want to get involved with the jazz scene or with um, our nonprofit and what we're doing or, or anything in general, find out what's going on, um, those are two good resources to get information. Because, as I said, a lot of it is underground, even though it's out there on the radio and the newspapers and stuff. Um, I try and keep that stuff up to date as well. Same thing with, you know, Facebook and, and Twitter and yeah. Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you to, uh, taking the time out of all of the lessons and performing and everything that you just mentioned. Uh, it's really appreciated that you came and sh uh, shared more with us. So thank, thank you for you. that. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.